0: It's,
1: it's a kind of- good Gonna- Change no free
0: Welcome back to another edition of three points in a pie podcast. I am always your host Colby along with my UK counterparts, Alfie and Sean. Hey, uh, what's up? As we've been doing for the last couple weeks, Thursdays, we wrap up our Monday night match, uh, which would have been United versus Liverpool. And then after that, we're going to go into our predictions for this week and a little banter on each of the matches. But to get us started off, Alfie,
1: uh, what were your thoughts on the United versus Liverpool match? Uh, my biggest takeaway is it was really nice that an actual proper light's been shone on Trent Alexander-Arnold. For the last couple of years, you've seen such a, an argument raging between who's better, him or Reese James. And I, I know that there's a common argument that he can't defend. But the trouble is, is that this game, he's now playing behind a midfield that is no longer giving him that protection and screening. And basically he was mugged for 90 minutes, especially for one of the goals, the um the first at the Sancho. Where I mean yeah. he's, he casually kind of if you're watching like the highlights, and I'm sure like Man United fans have watched this goal over and over and over again. Oh yeah. But you you see him <laughs> you see him kind of just trot and stroll into the picture. It's like watching like a clip out of fucking Mr. Bean. You've got <laughs> van uh, van dyke stood there like statue still with his arms behind his back and you got trent alexander who just comes like randomly casually walking in and it's like if he had the urgency to him he could have been either in front of that ball or at least running behind for an easy clearance but it and this is where you get into where um, we've put so much emphasis on wing backs attacking now that the defensive side is looked at as like a bonus but um but with him, you don't get that that balance anymore, and it's 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 basically really nice to see and hear that the pundits are finally kind of like really seeing how how he can't fucking defend at all. No, nope. I,
0: I I I think it's so funny because I've heard from a couple of scouts and they literally blow his horn how he's one of the best wingbacks in the game, and I'm. I, I wasn't sold on them last year and not sold on them this year. And yeah. especially after yeah. United. And just to go to my point, it's United, everybody walked into this game this week and was like, United's not taking a win. Like the way that they look is just absolutely atrocious. Everybody thought Liverpool was gonna have their game, but they didn't. It was flat. It was flatter than flat. Like <laughs> the Gulf of Mexico. Has better shit on this match, like it was. That's how flat they were. (laughs) But one of the things that I want to like maybe jog everybody about is is Klopp's game not what it should be right now because he is more worried about Champions League this early, being that today will be the Champions League draw. Hmm.
2: Well, I would I would say Klopp is in a worried position, and we've seen that this season with every game, the amount of excuses this man has <laughs> came up with. <laughs> You're not wrong. He can, clock can't look at a camera and just be like, we were shit today, sorry. Which is what he needs to do. You know, as Gennaro Gattuso famously said, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. That is Klopp. Right now he needs to be... These ex- The excuses that he was coming up with in the match with, oh, there was a couple for Bruno Fernandes. How dare he dive? Bro, you've got fucking Mo Salah up front, so don't start with any <laughs> of the diving shit. <laughs> that boy goes down harder than a fucking porn star on a backshift. so don't have a go at beautiful <laughs> Bruno Fernandes just because he fell. Okay? The team, the team is just all over the place at Liverpool. You've got a midfield that's a year older and a year slower. Yeah. That that entire game just did not... Going into that game, I was like, it's going to be the same Man United team that faced Brentford, and the midfield are going to be as about enthusiastic as a fucking dying walrus. <laughs> and they're just going to... <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Liverpool's midfield is shit, but it's better than ours. Total reverse this game. Okay. Um, like like you were saying about Trent Alexander-Arnold and the defending, Virgil van Dijk, this season has been terrified to go towards an attacker. We've seen that with Mitrovic.
1: Absolutely.
2: Um, when he's one-on-one this season, Van Dyke just puts the hands behind the back and skips back because he's hoping, <laughs> oh, Trent's <laughs> going to come in and save me. Or, And what happens? A goal mm. happens. Literally watching him defend was like watching fucking Liam Gallagher sing Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> That is that is, what this is about. Oh. yeah terrible defending from Trent Alexander Arnold and Van Dyke. A um, completely messy midfield and no service to the front and Man United capitalized on that one hundred percent. Everybody caught Milner getting in Virgil Van Dyke's ass. By the way, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, Milner was totally right to do that, to just absolutely and, and be like, absolutely. what the fuck are you doing? was with Dude, the shimmy, shimmy hands behind the back?
0: <laughs> right? Dude, he's touted as one of the best center backs in the game, and he – sorry, Scousers. He's played like a bitch the last couple of games. games. <laughs> like, oh,
1: it, 100%. It's that fucking it, record of his of not never being um, dribble-passed. I swear to god every time he sees someone that's coming up to him he don't give a shit about like what's going to go on it's the fact that he wants to retire out with the, yeah. the record of never being dribbled past
2: Oh yeah well we, that's out of the window this season fuck me my grandnan as a to get a ball by him
0: So let's get into our predictions as we have done again every week we're only doing the top 6 in the current tables matches so, with that being said, we're going to start right off with Brighton versus Leeds. Uh, two teams that we didn't expect to be in the top six this early, if we're being honest. But somehow or another, Brighton seemed to be there. Well, they were there last year pretty early. But here's Leeds. Jesse Marsh has responded well, as we said last episode. It's It is exciting in a way to see what Jesse Marsh is doing with Leeds. I think they're going to have a hell of a day against Brighton uh, mm-hmm. at the MX. I think this is probably going to be a,
1: it's going to be a 2-1 match uh, Leeds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think with Leeds for next month or two, I think you, they're going to be like a yo-yo performance team. Mm. Um, they put so much into that. That Chelsea game, I think they're going to come unstuck at Brighton. I can see Brighton coming out with his 2-0. I think until the Leeds players can like get that, because, I mean, my biggest criticism with Leeds under Beezer was that he was working them to death. I mm-hmm. think he cut his own career short there, uh, purely because of, like, we heard the stories about murder ball at training and everything else. With Marsh, there's still that intensity there. But I think it's gonna take a bit of time for Leeds to to get that 50-50 balance. And I've I've loved I've absolutely adored Brighton since they come in the league. I fucking love Graham Potter. So yeah. It seems to be the census. <clears throat> what do you think, Sean?
2: I'm thinking so far and at this point this the season, this might be quite an entertaining match. We've seen obviously sure. a good performance from Leeds and a good performance from Brighton. I'm going to go for Leeds to win it, and I'm going to go for 2-1. And my just for that is, obviously, with Jesse Marsh's doing it, Leeds is brilliant. The way they played against Chelsea, was it was beautiful football to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Obviously, they've got the American boys. Harrison had a great game. Rodrigo, of course. I think, I don't know if it's controversial to say this, they've got a more sound team than Brighton. Um, obviously, Brighton did do well, but it was against a very bad Man United team at the same time. Um, But yeah, I'm going to go for 2-1. It's not the Leeds of the Marcelo Bielsa days, but I think Marsh has gained the respect of that team and they want to win under them. Mm-hmm. And it's just if they can build on that previous performance, you get a great win over Chelsea. Can you keep that train going or
1: are you just going to fumble at the next team? So 2-1 Leeds. Yeah. They're definitely bought into his philosophy. I mean, the last few games of yeah. last season, um, you could see it kind of like slowly seeping in. Leeds this season, you can see he's, he's really getting his stamp now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I ain't heard any Ted Lasso jokes for at least a couple nope. of weeks. <laughs> nope. He must do punishments and training if someone brings
2: up fucking Ted Lasso. <laughs> Dude, I wonder how many kilometers you have to
0: run for that. <laughs> like, there has to be a minimum he's already set in place each season. You say Lasso, you call me Lasso one time, guess what? <laughs>
2: You know what time it is. You say lasso, you get murder ball. So- yeah, there's
1: gotta be footage come out one day of like the whole Leeds team with a fake Lasso mask, mustaches. <laughs> 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 oh please, I would love that. Every
0: everybody comes out in an AFC Richmond training gear. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. So speaking of Ted Lasso, the and AFC Richmond actually so that team was actually compared to Crystal Palace if we didn't if nobody knew that speaking of Palace they're going to be playing at the Etihad against City uh Sean we'll
2: get you started off on this one um so I think obviously you go with the prediction of Man City against Crystal Palace um the Crystal Palace are a bit of a strange team. They have got a good source of players. Obviously, Zaha is the big boy. They need him to stand out on the day. Mm-hmm. Now, it's just obviously with City's previous game against Newcastle, I think that was more of just a shocker of Newcastle going for it and then Man City panicking just a little bit. But They did obviously yeah. recover it. I think a lot of people assumed they would. So I think Pep would have drilled into them. We don't want any more performances like that. We don't slip. Pep's obvious main goal is more Champions League based. That is what Man City need at this point as a Champions League, the same as PSG. You're already dominating the league. Let's go to Champions League. But again, with Crystal Palace, you never know with them. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Wilfred Zaha. I think he is a great player. Great, great player in the Premier League. I'm going to go for 3-0 City, and I think that is pretty reasonable to assume that. I'd say. I'd
1: say. Alfie what's your take? Well, I I I actually predicted the the draw with Newcastle. Um yes, I said that I was going to finish a draw uh with this. I think as kind of picking off of what Sean said, I think this this game Man City maybe be actually a little bit more cautious. Um I think that I think with Guardiola, with Liverpool fucking up, I think his main aim in in the league, like not going off what you said about the Champions League, but the league mm. game, if he if he can open up a nine twelve point gap between himself and Liverpool, just to give him that comfort, I think they're going to try and capitalize on Liverpool's dropping points. So whereas, if Man City were going into this on the back of three wins, I think they'd have been there to actually kind of crucify Palace. But I think they're going to be more reserved. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a more measured performance. And I can see this kind of like being a one or two nil city. I don't think Palace, I, I, I love Palace, I, but I don't think there's enough in them to actually do what Newcastle did with the pressing and everything else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just a goal, one or two nil city. To get some confidence back. And they definitely need it
0: after after Newcastle. One thing that I do want to bring up before I I make my prediction on City, City did play Barcelona yesterday at uh, a friendly. Now, granted, their starting eleven isn't their top starting eleven. Um, they actually started Julian Alvarez instead of Erling Holland. Uh, he's sitting on the bench, and they brought in Calvin Phillips. So this will be his first minutes that he's seen. My my question is match fitness, especially with having this friendly in the middle of the week. There are some of the starting 11 that are playing in this match that I definitely think that you need to see against Palace, specifically our center backs. With the way that they've been using Wilfred Zaha is actually quite similar to the way that they've been using Kyle Walker and John Cancelo uh, by using him more as an inverted wing back, I guess you could say. I think that he is going to be the difference maker in that. I think that our midfield is good, but it will be a little weakened this weekend. I think this is going to be a closer match and it'll probably be a one-nil city. I just, with what what we've talked about with Champions League, this is the year that Pep kind of needs Champions League to set himself apart from basically everybody else in a way. Because I mean, you have like PSG, they have run league off since forever, basically. They're no different than the Bundesliga, in my opinion, with Bayern just basically a giant farm league, but this is the premier league and city has done four out of five and for the last five years, they've won the premier league. Every time we get to the champions league, it's choke fest. And I don't, I can't, I hate saying that because it's like such a fucking like spit on my own team type of thing to say. Yeah. But also in the same token, it's been peps kryptonite and I'm not entirely sold on how Champions League is going to go for this year for City, but I feel it's a lot
2: better than it has been in the last couple of years. With bringing in someone like Haaland will obviously help. In terms yeah. of, I feel like, like obviously Man City and PSG always get into like the semifinals and then bottling it. They've yeah. not got much in the terms of historic Champions League pedigree. You could say they're the two – The two new boys, the two new big boys that are in. But I think Pep, he feels that he will definitely need to win it because obviously the biggest Premier League manager rivalry now is Pep and Klopp. Who's better? Who's done more? Mm -hmm. Obviously, Klopp has won the Champions League with Liverpool. And Pep's main goal with bringing in Haaland was definitely for Champions League this season. Mm -hmm. And I would say they're probably, out of most teams in Europe, the strongest contender at this point. Um, I think a lot of people assumed PSG after they made the signings of Messi, Ramos, but their team is so, it's, the PSG team is so weird, it's a Rolls Royce without the wheels, you've right. got all these world class players, but there's nobody in there connecting it all up, yeah. you know, a, it's a fucking Lamborghini without the engine, to say the least, and this Man City team, it is a strong team, it's got an engine, it's got wheels, it's just going to go forward through for the Champions League, God, here's hoping,
0: man. <laughs> here's fucking hoping. It, it's it's been gutting to watch the last couple of years them getting knocked me. out. Not right for me, obviously not. Obviously not. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, anyways, Arsenal versus Fulham. <laughs> um, Fulham have definitely shown some good tactics. They've been able to adjust to their premiership pretty freaking well so far. Yeah. Um, the record doesn't show that, but their style of play overwatched watching them the last couple of matches has been really good. And I see a lot of things coming for them. However, this is the number one Arsenal team. Uh, they have been flying since preseason. And it kind of begs the question here with this match if. They get a little burnt out, you know what I'm saying? Not even, not even burnt out, just they 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 get they have in the mindset because of how well they've been playing, they can almost play down to full a little bit. And I know that's probably presumptuous, uh, especially with the way that Mikel Arteta has been coaching this season. It's been lights out. Mm-hmm. I think this could be a suspect game for Arsenal, though. Could be, but I'm still going to go with Arsenal 2-0
2: so like you say the test for arsenal at this point and i still in my opinion i believe arsenal had the best transfer window in the premier league absolutely um they didn't go for signings purely because it's the next big thing thing or oh let's spend 60 million on this winger they went for players that they needed Mm -hmm. and players you know gabriel Jesus and Zitchenko were great additions they've been fantastic Zajenko, um, especially that last game for Arsenal, he was fantastic. Mm. Um, just about keeping the momentum going. You know, I'm confident they'll get the win, and I think it will just. I'm going to go for a 2 1. And my reasoning for that is I love Arsenal's front free of Saka, Martinelli, and Jesus. Like, what a lineup that is. Odegaard behind them as well. Mm. Some good link up play in the midfield, and Arteta has got the team that he's wanted. I think they will get the win. Fulham? Like you said, there have been different classes since they've came up this year. A lot of people just expect them to get absolutely pummeled and go back down. Mm-hmm. Mitrovic, I think, will cause a lot of issues at the back for Arsenal. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. he's a player I've al- I've always liked. Even when he was at Newcastle, I've always liked Mitrovic. The physicality he just runs mm-hmm. at the defender, doesn't try to get he'll run at them and scare them. I think Mitrovic will get a goal, but I think Arsenal will get a confident two one win
1: uh for me uh i actually think that arsenal were actually going to this going to be like another 4 or 5 nil for arsenal i think fulham are going to there's going to be a week where like they they have a good game and a week that they don't um i think them coming off of the back of being dumped out of the, the league cup i know that it was a heavily rotated squad
2: mm-hmm.
1: but i think um any team for the next month or two that's coming up against arsenal i think they're going to be riding a real crest of a wave. For me, uh, with Arsenal, it's going to be that first hiccup, how they then respond. Mm-hmm. And I get a feeling that that hiccup is going to kind of coincide with Jesus going on a bit of a goal drought. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've loved watching Arsenal play. I have done for the last probably five or ten games, I've actually watched them. But I think this is this is going to be a, a big scoring game for Arsenal. And for the – there's a Chelsea fan, I just hope that that kind of knocking confidence happens right around the time that we play them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're claiming 5-0 on this?
1: <clears throat> I reckon a good 4 or 5-0, yeah. Well, which one do you want? I'm going to go – I'm <laughs> going to go safe and go full. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, Right. Some pretty solid points there. Let's go to the Wolves versus
1: Newcastle match. Mm-hmm. Alvin, you can start this one off. I, I, I mean, for for this, it's it, it with Wolves. It's always a case of their defense versus someone else's attack.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, the
1: one thing that have stopped Wolves. Um, I mean, last season I was saying for a, a few months that they they're like the dark horses for fourth or fifth. Mm-hmm. And they were looking good, but unfortunately, the, the their biggest problem, and it's still their biggest problem, they can't score. No. So this is <clears throat> if Newcastle can get anything close to the performance that they put in, especially that first half against City, mm-hmm. um, I, I, they're gonna do this. Like I, I feel comfortable to two, two three nil. It's that whole case of a defense versus basically if Wolves can kind of dig themselves out of it, that they're, there's they're good for a draw, but um I I feel 2-0 Newcastle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is a shame because Wolves are they're the they're, they're a fucking good team. They just lacked that yeah that finisher they've and they've got good players up front. They just can't put it in the net. No. I'm
0: actually going to agree
1: with you on that. I feel like
0: Newcastle has they they play both sides of the ball. Very well comparatively to Wolves. Wolves Wolves could have done a lot better in this last transfer window, trying to pick up a, a solid striker or even a better winger. Maybe even a central piece that could help build some space up in the front. But their their defenses mm-hmm. is not it, it, That that will be their Achilles heel all season. If they could if they could get that under wraps. Mm-hmm by the transfer window, locking up somebody decent, they might have a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. So with that, I'll say I'm going gonna, I'm
2: gonna to go 2-0 Newcastle as well. Hmm. Well, we've got a hat-trick of predictions. I did actually have written down 2 in Newcastle as well. Um, just like what you were saying with Wolves, it's not the Wolves team a couple of years ago. there's They've just fell in terms of quality. They must have ran out of Portuguese players to buy. And <laughs> it's, it's, affected. it's affected them. I'm actually shocked they don't buy Cristiano Ronaldo at this point. I, it's think, right. Right. <laughs> I, th- I think the owners would actually like, fucking just their pants if that happened. Um, but yeah, with, with Newcastle, obviously the performance against Man City was a great, great performance. I feel like Man, um, Newcastle, sorry, are a team. Everybody always is like, you want to see them do a little bit well. Um, unless you're obviously a Sunderland or Middlesbrough fan. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think they will get a confident 2-0 win. You know, I I'll, I'll even throw like Callum Wilson. He was really good in the city game to get a goal. St. Maximum is one of my favorite players in the league. I absolutely mm-hmm. love St. Maximum. Um, he's getting he's, linked. I know he's been linked. He's um, been linked a couple places. I know I'm surprised he's actually still there this season. I thought this window would have been when he when he went, well of course it's still open to now mm-hmm. um, and obviously Newcastle were linked with a lot of other signings as well, I feel that Newcastle will only grow more, I don't think they're going to recede again they've been conservative with their money they're making conservative signings and not rushing into rash decisions mm-hmm. um, which shows good strong leadership and I think Eddie Howe is starting to build a really strong, loyal team so mm-hmm. I'm going to go for 2-0 Newcastle 2 0 across
1: the board. All right. Spurs versus Forest. Yeah. Spurs, um, Forest. I actually feel that this is a trip up game for Spurs. I think mm-hmm. this may actually be the Spursy moment. Yep. yep. Um, and that's not to take anything from Forest. I mean, I was kind of suspect with Forest. I mean, they've kind of bought in, I don't know how many new teams. I think they're up to like 16 odd players. 18. 18, 18. now. And then Fulham done this a, a few seasons ago where they bought in practically a whole new fucking team. They spent like mm-hmm. hundred and some million. And then it, it just all fell apart for them. But Forest seem to, whatever they're doing there, they seem to be making it work. And that, the games that I've seen them play, they're no joke. They were no joke last season in the FA Cup. And I think this, I think Spurs have got a, they're, they're going to drop down to like a One two nil forest, I can see this two one. But I think this is gonna be their Spurs moment of the month.
2: Ron. I wasn't really sure with this one, obviously. Nottingham Forest, I need to see more, more of them, especially with all the players they've bought this season. I've got down for a one all draw. And obviously the reasoning for that, obviously Nottingham Forest coming up is big, you know, historically one of the biggest teams with Aston Villa. Again, you watch see them get back to where they were. Spurs always get labelled as the club that bottle. You know, even though I do, I do like Harry Kane, uh, Kulovetsky, great player, son, I think, like you said, this is this is going to be the game where they start to fumble a little bit. And I think Forrest will capitalise on that. So I'm, I'm just down the middle with it, and I'm just going to go 1-1. So I think
0: we're all on the same wavelength these last two matches. Spurs are gonna do Spurs things. Mm-hmm. I I don't I, I don't really feel confident yet still with Richarlison there. I don't think he's going to make a big difference in the beginning of the season for them. Yeah. I think that was a really rash signing for them. It was a very um, random
2: signing. Yeah. Exactly.
0: It, it just it doesn't it doesn't fully make sense to me. There was one point that Alfie made uh at the beginning of the season that you know. Harry Kane and Son, when shit doesn't go good for them, their heads go down. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, they 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 become they realize that they're mortal or something. I don't know what happens. But with Richarlison there, he's more of an he's more of a gritty type player and he doesn't give up, mm-hmm. which is commendable about him, aside from all of the like really shitty things we could possibly say about him.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he he I, I don't see him yet being that person that picks them up. I see him possibly doing it. I think that he can. I just don't see it happening in the near future. Yeah. Their defense is still suspect to me. They've been rated as one of the best in the league. Not my opinion. Not my opinion. I'm going to go – I'm going to go 3-2 Forrest. I, I know that sounds a little crazy, but – Again, I see I just see Forrest possibly doing something that they haven't seen yet, and it's going to take them off guard a little bit. And again, Spurs do Spurs things every once in a while, so this might be it.
2: There has been a lot of shocking results so far in this season. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I wouldn't even put it by for Forrest to do that. Um But Forrest again are, are, you know, interested in signing Serge Rewellian from Spurs as well, so they're not even halting mm-hmm. off on the signings, trying to get Spurs on players. So, yeah, it's not out of the question for Forrest to get a win. I kind of hope they get a win. I would like to see them beat Spurs. Seeing them
0: beat a what-should-be top right team, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, guys, that kind of wraps it up for this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Make sure that you go on and you check out our TikTok at three points in a pie podcast. Also on all of our other social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also be sure to check out Sean's page, AFSIDE, at A-F-F-SIDE, S-I-D-E. Um, Check out all his content. A lot of our content is going to start getting kind of uh, fluctuated back and forth between each other. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy it all. But until then, till till Monday, make sure that you tell your mom, your dad, your granny, your grandfather, tell your grandfather's friends down at the moose or whatever lodge thing you guys have over there in the UK. <laughs> 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 I'm sure they all watch football there for sure on Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, guys, till then. Deuces. Peace.
1: It's the three points at a pie podcast. That wasn't too bad, was it? Now it's time for you to do a little work and click like or follow. And if you really got some life left in you, then leave a comment or review.